This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. Hey, this is Jules McQueen, and you are listening to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. It's really, really not that good. Good, 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 Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. It is episode 401. We are on our way. On our way to the next hunter. Not that we're like chipping away, but it's just kind of fun to count, right? You just got to keep oh, yeah. counting, you know? Just got to keep counting. So, keep on keeping on, man. Pretty nuts. Last pretty garden, nuts. dig it. Thank you for being here, um, and thank you to our partners. The podcast is presented by HHA Sports, Single Pen Sites. Um, you can save yourself some cash, code WCB15. Um, single pin site or rest that code's good for everything on their store lifetime warranty we're all shooting the i'm shooting the tetra you guys are shooting the tetra max, max. yes sir um so check them out single pin sites can't go wrong with them also scent crusher scentcrusher.com similar elimination products um just did a podcast with scent crusher go check that out they have products coming out that are proven to battle covid yep sanitize a whole room and you're good to go. Don't have to worry about it. You anything. said they'd be out before what do you say? Christmas. 
Christmas, yep. yeah. But then he was like, "Hopefully, my, my crew's probably like, damn it." <laughs> he put a deadline. He didn't have a deadline hope, before. Hope but now you he boys does. like overtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, I mean everybody knows Scent Crusher for scent elimination products for hunting, and we love the gear bag. We have our own working class boner edition rapid mobile shower. Um, everything you can find in the description of this episode. So check out Scent Crusher. The new Halo series is oh yeah a huge upgrade compared. To the old ones weren't super nice, but the new Halos. You charge it, and you can really do whatever you want with it after that. You can that. take it anywhere. Yep. Pretty awesome. Bad ass. Pretty awesome. And the new room cleans are sweet. I got one oh, yeah. around right now. Love them. Kick-ass. See bad. Um, also, Loophold Optics. We just did a podcast with Michael from Loophold. Talked about optics, the importance of it, the fun of it. Um, it does make you feel more involved, especially when you're kind of watching something way out in the distance. You kind of get in the know a little more. And I feel like you, you learn the deer on your property a little more. If you're sitting in a spot where you can see a long way. Just makes it a lot more enjoyable. We're all rocking 10 by 42s. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. So check them out at Loophole. I will say I wish I would have bought a nice pair of optics a long time ago. Yeah, I, I would too. agree. I would agree. I got a cheap pair and like immediately was like, this is good, but not what it could be. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Like it helps, but not as much as it could have. Well, I have my Loophole rangefinder and binos and a bino harness, and I feel mm-hmm. naked anytime I go anywhere without them in the outdoors. Got to have it. Like, even when I'm driving around on my Ranger, just around like the neighborhood here. You never know. I'm. I have them on. Get that spotting scope on your back. Yeah, there you go. I need to get like set up a, a quick like setup for my spotter off the Ranger, just to, like look at deer way out. You know, mm-hmm. um, or just something like when my daughter gets a little bigger and she can finally look through it. You know, it'd be fun for her. I mean, and we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, the podcast also brought to you by Thermoseat. And what's cool about Thermoseat is they have a code for you guys: WCTS at Thermoseat. And we have our own working class bow hunter edition thermoseats Looking at them right that now. will be on, hopefully by the time this episode is up, they will be on workingclassbowhunter.com. You can buy them. They are brown with black logo, so nothing's the too thermoseat flashy. thermoseat traditional. Yeah, do yourself a favor. Stop sitting on that steel. I'm, yeah. I'm sitting on one right now in the studio, yeah, actually. Just sit on that. And guess what? It's made in the USA. Yeah. Well, yeah. beat that. That is cool. It's a, kind of like an Americana, like hunting brand, in my opinion. Um, we're proud to be partners with them cool thing we got the thinner ones and they're like the perfect thickness because mm-hmm. if you throw it in your pack it's not taking up too much yeah. room you can fold it but then if you put it on your tree stand seat it's not like it's not going to affect how your seat folds up against the tree mm-hmm. so that's why we want the thinner ones i i like the thick ones too but i feel like for the guys that are moving around a lot like us like the thinner ones are a little better because um, how many people out there buy a stand they sit on that foam pad for the one year take it off after season and they lose it that or a squirrel or squirrels, eats it. Yeah, yep. squirrel just destroys them. If you leave it there, it's going to eat it. Anywho, um, also, Victory Archery. Save that for rainy day. Rip TKOs for Doug and I. And oh, yeah. The extortions for myself. Yes. Victory, um, kick-ass. I love, I love those arrows, man. I really do. Um, Best arrows out there. I switched to them by chance during some frustration during a season. I switched from another brand, switched my whole arrow setup, got them tuned up, got like my confidence back, and I haven't looked back. And that's been I don't know if I could go back. Three and a half years. Yeah. yeah, you shot the other brand for your, since I known you. Yeah, before that, for yeah. five, six years before. Yep. Um, and never even thought about looking back. And then we became partners with them, so I'm like, well, very fitting. So Very nice. Very nice. Um, Gator Outdoors. Code at Gator Outdoors, w- WCB10. They have all your favorite brands at Gator. They are transferring into a basically a merch and lifestyle brand company. And they're based out of Bellevue, Iowa, right? Is that, that's where he's from, Bellevue? Yep. I always Bellevue. get those little Iowa towns mixed up. Um, cool area in that up there. But oh, yeah. Wade, the owner of Gator, just shot a really nice buck, and we'll be chatting with him soon. Really nice buck, like a high 50s eight-pointer. 
yeah, with some yep. kickers and stuff. Pretty cool. Um, check out Gator Outdoors. Um, also, Lee Archery, the new bows just launched. That's freaking exciting. Mm. And you can use our code WCB on those and ship them to a local dealer of your choice. Yep. Shad already was on it. I know, like first day he ordered one. He yeah. just bought a new Prime too. Oh yeah, he's a, just a junkie. A bow. He said junkie. he ordered the brand new bow and our uh, used our discount code, so it worked. Pretty cool. He's probably the first person for twenty for the twenty twenty one bows. Absolutely. Thank you, Shad. But yeah, check him out. You can do that too. Code WCB save yourself some money, and you can get that bow shipped to a local shop and have it set up there. So it also helps a shop in your area wherever you choose to go. Um, and big time code WCB twenty twenty. Of course, that's still going to be valid through the year. Um. Big time. I, they offer something now for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. For me in Illinois, they have the seed. I have a couple big time plots on our on our small lease, which um, have a cell cam over them. Been getting hammered by deer, which is great. I'm excited to get in there and make some moves here soon. Um, and like supplemental feed, the cherry rush, the the spray. I mean, they got it all, dude. Love the cherry rush. They got it all. Um, good people over there. Really proud to be partnered with them. And we're going to be hunting in Indiana with some of the big time boys yep. here. I, I think after Thanksgiving, we're going to head out. Yep. Um, so that'll be fun. You need we'll to be- make an air freshener for a car. A That's a good rush. idea. That is a great <laughs> idea. That's a good idea. We'll, we'll talk to Joe about that. Um, and also, Big Time is sponsoring the 2021 Working Class Bowhunter Archery Shoot, June 12th in Rio, Illinois. Um, Day after my birthday. If you go to our website, heck, party time. Dude, we're gonna, we are damn, we're planning that place a, an after party after the shoot. So everybody, like I had a party after at my house after the last year's shoot, but I'm like, yep. man, we should team up with a local tavern, help them out, and then everybody could go. And so we're that's all, all that information's coming. But on workingclassbowhunter.com, there's a shoot tab at the top, and you can click on that and get all the info you need. Open to the public, thirty target, three D course, um, should be pretty damn cool. Yeah, we posted something about it already, and it sounds like there's going to be a shit ton more people this year. Yeah, which more the merrier. Let's have Absolutely. a party and. We're going to give some way, give away some stuff. And I'm sure Big Time is going to give a lot more stuff away this year like they did last year. I think we get 70, 70 80 acres away of food plot seed and Absolutely. all that. crazy. So um, come on out. Um, Big Time is awesome and are supporting us there. Um, also, Old Barn Taxidermy. It was cool to see some of you guys at the, I guess it would be the Chili Night or Open House, I guess, at Old Barn Chili last was weekend. It was perfect. Good. It was good. Um, check out Old Barn. Literally any critter you shoot, they have a specialist in that species um they're cranking out top-notch quality yeah. at a good price and at a good speed um my freezer is going to be on the way here and i will be a drop-off the studio like working class boner headquarters will be a drop-off for old barn taxidermy so you can come to me drop your stuff off they pick it up call you take care of you and if you shoot a buck and take it to old barn you get to entered into the wcb uh listener drawing and then they pick a winner at the end of the year for a free mount next year so even if Can't you go wrong even if you just heard this or you heard it through a buddy just be like, yeah, I listen, and then they'll put you into the pot. Perfect. You know what I mean? Who doesn't like free mounts, you know? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the best kind. Hopefully you guys kill one and get a free mount. Um, okay, before we head in, Doug, you have a veteran shout-out. I do. So sent in by Mason Shars. Hopefully I said that right. Help us with the pronunciations. Uh, the veteran name is Andrew Rourke. It says uh, he's the branch in the Navy. He said Andrew joined the Navy as a medic in 2004. And we knew each other before he could even walk. I view him as a brother, even though I was only, I was an only child. He was stationed overseas in Iraq before he was honorably discharged. I've took him out hunting before, and even though the outdoors never took to him, I still view him as a brother. And if I ever need anything, I can call him any day or night and help him drag. And he'd help me drag out a deer if need be. So, thank you for your service, Andrew. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for sending Cheers that in, Mason. Cheers, cool. boys. 
Cheers. Thanks, brother, for your service. Appreciate you guys. Um, workingclassbowhunter.com, contact tab, and there's a veteran shout-out button there, and you can just enter it in. That goes directly to Doug. and he, To me. He Douglas. reads them. And we're getting low, so get on that. Submit them. Everybody knows a good veteran. If there's any local ones, too, we have some kind of local giveaways that we want to do. So Yeah, yeah. Kind of a local thing only. I'll see where that guy's from. I like it. Cool. All right. Well, this is let's get into this episode. Um, this is a podcast with Bowhunters United, and uh, this is a new thing. We don't know a ton about it, um, and we thought it sounds great. It sounds positive. Let's podcast. Let's see what it's all about. So here we go. Hope you enjoy. All right. Joining us on the podcast, Matt Corman, and I don't think I messed up his name. I'm pretty proud of myself there. And watch, I did. You know, um, <laughs> the, he's with ATA and Bowhunters United. So thank you, Matt, for joining us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. We talked. And we were like, man, I wonder if he did any research or no research. Either way, he's in the trap of working class <laughs> bowhunter at this he's point. He's in it now. Yeah, yeah he, you're in it now. Except for our call, so we're we're good. Yeah, so thanks, man. We appreciate you coming on. And this is kind of a cool thing. It's a new thing, and I'm excited to learn about it. Um, but, yeah, introduce yourself and kind of let's just talk about Bowhunters United. Jump right into it. Yeah, thanks. Um been working with the ATA now for uh, oh almost exactly three years, and and that's almost how long ago ATA started looking into the possibility of something like Bowhunters United. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of early 2018, as as ATA was getting together and figuring out who we should be and who we should serve, and and maybe what parts of the bowhunting community. Uh, could be better served, um, mm-hmm. and that's no insult to the existing conservation or or hunting groups that are out there. Uh, what we did was we we launched a study in August of eighteen to determine whether or not there was an appetite for an organization like Bowhunters United. But part of that study was also to try and figure out if we started this thing up, would it hurt any of the existing, especially the conservation organizations, you know, other organizations that might have a hand in in supporting bow hunting and the answer that came out of both of those was we're pretty sure that there's a need for something like this and we're pretty sure that we can do it in in cooperation rather than competition with those groups and and hopefully raise the tide for everybody that's really cool you guys to consider that because anybody that's helping from any direction is a positive positive thing for our community absolutely um so this is cool like it's not looked at as like you're trying to take somebody else out you're more of a build-up like which is exactly what the name is yeah yeah and you know and, and it's also a little personal thing about me which i've said a lot uh my first day hunting anything was my first day on this job no kidding and yeah so i mean as a as a pretty new bow hunter i'm a i'm a great I think I'm a great sounding board for something like this because this is one of those organizations that that I probably would have been really interested in. I always had it, you know, for five or ten years before I started this job. I had an interest in hunting. I don't know that I would have bow hunted first. Uh, I got into target archery a little bit because my daughter got into target archery before I was on this job, mm-hmm. and and that really kind of wet my appetite. This is one of those organizations that I would love to have to have a chance for, and just the challenge of bow hunting. Uh, you know, it took me until last November to get my first bow buck and, and I understand how hard it is. And so an organization like this that can, that can build that community, build that advocacy, make it a little easier at some point to hopefully find a mentor, uh, with existing programs like QDMA's field to fork that are out there and leveraging those kinds of things. That would have been great for me. And, and so 
I, selfishly, I think it's outstanding, but I also think that we can do a great job with, with existing and, and hopefully reactivated bow hunters as well. Yeah, no, that's great, man. I, I, I like the idea of it already. I mean, man, it's hard to disagree with anything you said. It, it's weird for me because not weird, but it's different for me because I grew up, you know, younger, eight, nine, getting into deer hunting and then yep. bow hunted the whole time up until I'm 30 now. Um, so like my dad was my mentor and my dad had hunting mm-hmm. buddies that kind of helped him learn as an adult. So I, they, they were mentors. Yes, but I didn't see them that way. Cause I was just like growing up hunting with my dad, you know, it just, it didn't feel that way to me. But if I got into it later in life, you, you would almost, you would need it really, because where do you start? How do you, how do you do this? What equipment, where do you go? I mean, there's so many just open questions <laughs> that unless you have someone there to help you, you don't well, know. There's what so to much do. knowledge out there right now with the internet and everything else. Yeah. There wasn't that growing up for us really. Right. Yeah. You know, the internet really wasn't a thing growing up for us. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, what, and, so, and, and I ahead. think some of the most intimidating parts of, of bow hunting, especially whitetails, especially larger game is, you know, okay, I, I can, I can stand somewhere and, and learn how to shoot, especially if I have a good coach, I can get pretty quickly. I can get pretty confident out to 20 or 25 yards. Uh, and then it's another thing to, to stand in front of a live animal and make that shot. But once you make that full, Oh my God. And it, that's for, Oh, there goes a drop call. The joys of living in the country. All right. Oh, boy. Let's get him back on. Hold on. Sorry about that. Okay, we're back in it. It's part part of the game here, part of the game. But, yeah, you're talking about it's different shooting at a live animal than shooting at a target at 20 yards. Yeah, yeah. and then the most intimidating thing for me, like I, I – I didn't, first of all, I didn't understand the, the depth of buck fever until I had that live animal in front of me. The first oh, yeah. shot I had was about 12, missed it by a mile, <laughs> uh, you know, but then when I finally did get that first kill, man, trying to dress that thing out was the, probably still to this day is the most intimidating part for me. So to have a mentor standing over my shoulder and teaching me how to do that with a couple of deer was priceless. And, and, and we don't know what that piece is going to be for each bow hunter, especially a new bow hunter, you know, they might not be intimidated by field dressing a deer. There's plenty of videos on YouTube that can teach you how to do that. And we hope to create some content that'll help them do that as well. But it might, you know, it might be selecting equipment, might be figuring out where to go hunt, but it's going to be different for everybody. And hopefully building up this community will help solve those problems, especially for new bow hunters as we go along. Yeah. I love that because that's one of those things right there that me growing up field dressing deer and stuff like that, I had never I, I, that's just something I don't think about for a new hunter because I don't have to usually, you right, know, right. I will once my daughter's older and stuff like that. But yeah, that's a good point. There's a lot of things that are intimidating or just completely unknown to a lot of people that how would they know unless they had a mentor? Yeah. Like, if you don't hey, know, you don't know. Yeah. Here, I mean, you know, YouTube is a great tool, but here you did your, you killed your animal. You were successful. Now you got to take care of it. Clean it. Yep. Yeah. Clean now it. what? Yeah. It's like, uh, you want me to cut this animal open Start stabbing you only pull its guts out like yeah it's, yeah. Like, it's intimidating that's the next scary. process after this and i think a lot of new bow hunters don't realize that i mean they probably realize you gotta do something with it but right they don't realize hey you gotta cut it open and take all the guts out and yeah. actually dress this deer well a lot of new hunters probably didn't think they were going to be successful sometimes anyway and then now right. it's like whoa this is a lot of work and it just can be overwhelming so so I guess the main mission, if you could just kind of describe the main mission of Bowhunters United, what would you say that it is? Really designed to help bowhunters. This is going to sound high-minded, but, man, it, I can't say it any better than this. Just make a difference for current and, and future bowhunters to, to try and increase that grassroots participation in the sport 
by bringing new folks in, making sure that the bow hunters who are already here want to stay here. And, and especially for those who, you know, used to bow hunt, but for whatever reason got away from it, getting them back into the sport and doing that nationwide. Um, you know, we, we want to work to help bow hunters become mentors to become advocates and ambassadors for the sport as they grow in the sport. Um, and really stress, especially through partner organizations, how important it is to be a great conservationist and, and a, and a responsible public land steward, especially now when, you know, any hunting can, can seem and feel like a super expensive endeavor because I feel like I have to go on private land. It's not, it's not necessarily true, you know? Uh, and we want to help folks get out however they, however they can get out. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's great. And, and so now that we know the mission, we have the idea behind what it is. And I'm sure people are going, okay, this is awesome, but how do I become a part of this? Like, what is, what is the process to get involved? Hopefully we've made it simple. Uh, I, I would I would ask anybody who's curious about it just to go to bowhuntersunited.com and just read that front page. Uh, see, see what the organization is, what we want to do. And if that's interesting to you, there's a join today button right at the top. Uh, it's 25 bucks for a year. Uh, you get a great sticker for your truck. It's a great logo um, that you'll also see at the top of the page. Uh, get a sticker for your bow case as well. Get a membership card uh, and and start start building that community. Especially now, got an opportunity to to kind of get on the ground floor and, and help build the community. You know, we're we're it's such a young organization. It's going to need folks who are super passionate about the sport to help build it. Absolutely, yeah, for sure, for sure. So. Uh, you get on you you it's 25 bucks for membership you're, you're a part of it and then and then what once you're in on this like what's what does it all entail from there well first and foremost especially early on we're going to want feedback from folks we're going to want to hear what's important what's going on in their states what's going what they feel is important nationally uh you know this is not a lobbying organization we're not trying to take in tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars so we can hire Washington lobbyists and go change policy. Um, you know, we're going to try and, and do more grassroots level work than that. Um, but we're going to want to hear what's important, especially on the outset. And, and, and that's an opportunity for especially these founding members to come in and be, be a part of building what the organization becomes, you know, right now, as we, as we kind of try and get it off the ground, we have an idea of what's going to be important advocacy for the sport and conservation and, and the, the next generation of bow hunters. We think those are important, but we need to hear from the BU members as they join what they think is important because yeah, we, we built this thing out with input from lifelong bow hunters, folks who've been out in the field with a bow and arrow for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. And, and they're, multi-generational bow hunters but uh so we you know we had strong input to begin with but we really want to hear what folks who are passionate enough to join up think we ought to be uh and and certainly take that into account right so it's basically you know when people join especially early on they have a good chance to like mold this in a positive direction by being a new member and a new organization and all that you can kind of help guide it in a way which is really cool um, 100%. And, and reading some of the emails uh, from you guys here, this is something I really like. Um, providing archery range and program grants to increase bow hunter participation uh, through more recreational shooting opportunities and places for bow hunters to practice. 
that right there, I think, it's is huge. A bigger, yeah, that's massive for yeah, people it's a because big deal. a lot of people that live in town or don't have a great local archery shop or something like that, there's no way to get an interest in it because you don't have an opportunity to. Right. Um, that's what I wish. Now I'm fortunate enough I can shoot in my backyard, but before I was like, I always wished I had a great place to go and shoot when I lived in town. Like, you know, I'm I'm limited to almost no space to shoot. If I could go to a place and BS with a bunch of other archers and hang out and get more into it, that'd be great. So for people that live in an area that they might not have that, that's that's incredible. Yeah, and that's something that here's one of the big benefits to to having an organization like ATA helping to get this thing off the ground is that BU can learn from ATA's experience. And one of the things that ATA has been really good at is helping identify opportunities to create ranges. And it's not to for not to go out and, and self-fund 100% of those, but to find great partners like state agencies and, and corporate sponsors and federal matching dollars to go out and, and try and put these things in communities, especially suburban communities, um, where space can be hard to find and in a lot of places can be hard to find it. Like you said, you know, if you don't have a great pro shop near you, great opportunity. If, if the right park situation, municipal parks, that's a, that's another a big step we've taken with ATA in the last couple of years is working with, with parks and rec departments to try and increase opportunities for archery. Uh, those things, learning those things from ATA is just absolutely priceless in the startup of BU. And as we, you know, of course, I've mentioned ATA just a few times in in the last couple of minutes I've, I've talked. I think it's important to kind of talk through a little bit, if you'll let me, you know, wh- what the difference is between ATA and BU and, yeah, and why is ATA so involved right now? Um, you know, especially for a bow hunter, you, you look at ATA and, well, that's a trade show I can't go to. Um, which is frustrating. I know for a lot of bow hunters, but there's a reason why it's, it's, you know, even with the show not occurring this year, there's a reason why it's, it's closed off to buyers and sellers of archery equipment because that they need that space to do business. That said, it's super important to industry, to the manufacturers and especially the pro shops to build up the bow hunting community as best it can. Mm-hmm. So, the best way I can describe why ATA is involved here is because first and foremost, they've, we've got the resources to get this thing off the ground, but almost just as important is industry understands the need for an organization like this. And it's a gift back to the bow hunting community to just get this thing standing up to the point where it can function on its own and then let it go. Let it, you know, make sure that it's got the right oversight, the right governance on it, and then let it go. This is not ATA keeping a stranglehold on Bowhunters United for the rest of its life. This is getting it, getting it up and teaching it to walk so that it can become its own, its own, uh, forum, its own resource for the bowhunting community. Yeah, right. I'm glad that you clarified that just so so people are aware. And I'm also glad that, you know, you mentioned that about the show, like why it's not a consumer show. It's more of it's an industry inside type show, uh, which, by the way, I love that you guys closed off the first day last year, even though we are media, how you guys closed the yeah. floor just for consumers. Because I understand that. Like, yeah. I, that's, that's awesome. I thought that was great. I think it was a great move. And I think probably a lot of dealers and, and people that are there to do business. like Got the, a lot of more business done than yeah, they have I really the appreciate yeah, it. Instead of having to do with the camera trying to film, I'm so-and-so with whatever, whatever outdoors, here's this. You and like, sponsor my show? While they're trying to buy stuff, yeah. You know, um, 
Great move, I think. We heard a lot of that. Yeah, we heard a lot of great feedback. You know, it was, and, and it was exactly what you were saying. It was, it was, hey, you know, I didn't see as many people in my booth this year, but literally everybody who came in on the first day was buying. Yeah, and that's exactly. I don't care how many people come through. You know, I I came from a sales leadership role prior to doing this, and it didn't matter how many people you talked to. It mattered how many how many qualified buyers you were talking yeah. to. And if we can increase that hit rate, that that was key for them. Yeah, you know, and that's coming. We're media. You know what I mean? That's what we yeah. do. We go. We are we are members of ATA. We we do our thing, and and we buy our membership. We do our passes, all that stuff, and. It's a good time for us, but yeah, absolutely understand that move 100%. And I saw other guys in media kind of whining about it a little bit, but I'm like, how do you not understand this? This is a good. This it's is a great, great thing. For the, I mean, not only for the people that are in the show, but for the industry, too. But it turns around and helps us. It's making people buy more stuff and, you know, these archery shops buying more product because they're actually yeah. in that booth and they can talk to the rep there or whatever they want well, to do. Well, it just helps our partners. Right. Make more money, helps us, helps consumers, helps people who want to buy. It's a full circle. It's a full circle deal. Yep. So, yeah, solid move. I thought that was and great. And, I, I, guys, I, I, I totally get it. There's going to be – no matter what the decision is, we're going to frustrate some folks. I understand if – I know there were folks who were out there frustrated with this decision, especially folks who couldn't get in that first day. And we knew that going in. Um, you know, we, we certainly weren't going to please everybody. You know, we weren't pleasing exhibitors and, and retailers as it was. So not a hundred percent. So we tried to improve that a little bit and, and yeah, we ruffled some feathers and, and I hate that that happened, but I do think that we came out ultimately with the right decision. No, solid move. Yeah. I thought it was Very a great, solid yeah, move. I thought it was a great move. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, that's good. I like that you clarified that, you know, like ATAs here, ATAs got like the connections, the people, the contacts to build this birth it get it going and then like you said make, let it be it's th- it's get all up thing. and running yep. um that's great man i love just kind of like the the community getting people in educating hunters is huge especially new hunters where you can mold them into like ethics number one man ethics no, i i love just good ethics here's let me just i'm not gonna get into this on this podcast i'm gonna get into it on the, an upcoming <laughs> podcast i almost i'm not bullshitting the other night, I was walking out of a property that I have permission on private ground, and I almost got shot by a crossbow hunter on the neighbors and wow. jumped out of my skin. And, and the whole time I'm thinking, that guy doesn't know ethics, and he doesn't know anything anything like he should know. If he's going to shoot under the neighbors, almost shoot me. It was dark. He had a, you know what I mean? Just a mess. Um, but it just goes back to the roots of education and molding hunters with ethics and all that. So. Yeah. I see a lot mm-hmm. of positive in that direction coming out of Bow Hunters United. Absolutely, boy. I, you know, you're you're taking me back to, uh, you know, my my first hunting experience. My first hunting experience was with an outfitter. Uh, you know, private land in Wisconsin, um, and and had man, I was surrounded by mentors because it was you know a bunch of ATA staff. Uh, but as I, as I got more into it, and Dan Forster, who's our government relations chief, uh. And, and, uh, oh my goodness, perhaps the most successful hunter I've ever come across is I've been fortunate to call him my mentor for the last few years. And it's one of the things that he's really hammered into me. It's, you know, it's not, it's not just about the shot and it's not just about where the arrow is going to go if you miss. It's about where are you? You know, Mm -hmm. what, what are the surroundings and, and things like that again? we don't know what the biggest challenge is going to be. We don't know if it's, if it's going to be, you know, where you are and where your boundaries are. We don't know if it's going to be gutting that deer, but that soup to nuts teaching folks, I think we can help do, do a a better job at, not that there's been a bad job, but just to, to, 
to help build up a library resource to help folks learn, yeah, I think we can do that. Absolutely, you know, and I, you know, ethics. I think will play into that just as part of it because that's oh, sure. that's a major key. And you know, we've seen how we've seen it all. Like you know, from people doing everything the right way, even if it means doing things you don't want to do, or watching a buck walk, you know, a foot over the property line. Like that's there's just things you can and can't do in this, especially yep. when it comes to killing animals. And we've seen. The worst of the worst, and we've called out the worst of the worst on our show. And if there's anything that we can do to kind of help promote good ethics within yeah, Bowhunters United, exactly. I think we're all on board on that. And we're willing to help in any way we can. Um, we just we think that's you can't go wrong if you have a strong backbone on ethics. Um, you know, we cut loose, drink beer, cuss, and, and have fun. But when it comes <laughs> to bow hunting, we you know we take it very seriously. We buckle when down it, and take it very serious. Yeah, when it comes to our ethics, you know, it's I mean anything can happen when you're hunting and. uh but I think if you just have a strong backbone for that and you can help people mold right into their bow hunting, I guess, adventure or journey or whatever you want to call it, that's that's the best thing, I think, from the start. Well, if you can, if, if somebody can get me who's afraid of heights up in a climber, <laughs> then I, I think we can do anything, right? <laughs> yeah. There you come, go. come hunt some of our stands. We'll, we'll get you over that real fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, 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 that was my first day was, uh, was a, a great guy who helps us with security uh, at the show. Um, uh, you know, talk to me first. Just, just we just sat on the ground and chatted, and he figured out really quickly that I was not good with heights. And in two minutes, I was up in that stand taking a shot at a target. Uh, it was he was great about it, you know, and got me over it really quickly. And uh, you know, again, it's it, it's like tree stand safety. There's you, you can't you can't reinforce it too much. It's not possible. That's a good point it's, too. That's, that's a, a huge thing. Point. I had a buddy fought a tree stand this uh, early this. The spring. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that, man. Yeah, he was out there cutting clear or trimming trees and stuff, and he's up in the stand about three times. Went back up and strap broke, and he's still in the hospital right now. He just he he, yeah, he just walked for the first time the Jeez. other day. Well, I don't want to put anybody on blast, but <laughs> Doug in here had an accident. But I mean, you were young. Yeah, it was 2014. You probably thought you were invincible. Yeah, probably. And but I, I mean doing, I'm not trying to call you out. I just yeah, I was perfect. doing it for a while. I mean since I've been bow hunting, no harness at all on. I I never wore a harness ever. Oof. And you I, you lay it out, man. I know you don't like talking I fell about it, but it's important. Twenty three, twenty four feet landed on my feet, broke my back and pelvis. Was in the hospital for to you. yeah yeah. Was in the hospital for five days. That's it. Yeah, and then a wheelchair for three months. Wow. Yeah, we don't talk about I'm glad that to be enough. talking to you today. Yeah, right. But I remember, right there, I remember it was New Year's Eve. Yeah, but, New Year's Eve. But oh, I don't. I don't want to great fucking start of the year. I won't. <laughs> I won't get into this too deep because I'm not trying to like put you on blast. Yeah. But it's worth mentioning. Like, did you ever have anybody in your family or anybody say you have to wear a harness, otherwise you're not going? This is part of the gig. You no. wear a harness. Never. So somebody who ever mentored you, I'm not calling anybody out, Marv. Um, <laughs> they all did. The, they all did the same. <laughs> but. They they didn't use them either. Huh? No. See, I think that's the big difference. Like, there's especially with like the, the the mobile tree stands and climbers and stuff like that. I don't mess around with it. I used to take chances. I always wore a harness, but never climbing. It was always once I got into the stand, right, right. and it was always really sketchy transitions from that top peg to the tree stand and blah blah blah. Mm. You know all that. And now you know I'm a father, and my dad's not any younger now. And I'm getting to the point where I'm my dad will do things. I'm like, you cannot. You know, he's 62, 63. I was like, Dad, right. if you fall 20 foot, it's over. Oof. See, like, growing up, we didn't wear harnesses or anything. Like, nah. no one did. I always did, but 
I'm, then, until I got actually into bow hunting, and then I figured out, hey, they actually make a harness that keeps you from falling out of the tree. I'm right. like, well, shit, maybe I should buy one of them because that sounds. <laughs> it's way part of the game. I don't go hunting without my harness, and right. that should be everybody's mindset. From yeah, every, everybody should do that. So that's well, I like that I, too. Coming from someone's experience, so. Go Twenty-five years ago, when I was working in my first career, which was as far away from bow hunting as you can get, uh, I, I did that stupid stuff, you know, climbing up into rigging and. And not wearing a harness and not being safe. I think I, I got lucky. I got out of, I got it out of my system. And, and that's especially odd for a guy who's admittedly super afraid of heights. But now <laughs> I, I'm actually appreciative of my fear of heights because I'm not, if I'm not on a lifeline, I'm not going up. Yeah. No, that's really smart. And, and you know, I use a lineman's rope and I, and there's a couple holes in my game, but I'd say 98% of the time I'm attached to that tree. Um, and I need yep. to get a second lineman's rope. So when oh, I yeah. take my lineman's rope off and then convert it to my tree stand, like harness strap, that's my hole in my game. I need to get two lineman's ropes. So I'm always attached. So Matt, you're saying like when you're, uh, when you're attached to that lineman rope or a lifeline, that makes you way more confident to get you over that fear of heights, right? hundred percent. And I've come to rely on the tree rope. In fact, to position me for the best shot, right. you know, I've come to, I've come to, when I feel a little tension, I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm six, six. I get that. I get yeah, that tree rope. Yeah. I get that tree rope up as high as I can and get a little bit of, of tautness in the harness up to the tree rope so that I can feel, I just feel a little bit of tension on that harness. And that, and now I'm feeling like I'm not going anywhere. And I, and I don't have to think about that. Now I can just think about making the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good point. Real good point. Um, I like that, man. Ethics, safety. I mean, those are great starting points, mm-hmm. um, especially for a new hunter, man. That's just stuff that we all know about because we live in this world, but somebody new, they might not know like what kind of harnesses are available and all that. I mean, you know, and there's a lot of good ones out there now. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that industry's done a great job of, mm-hmm. of, of advocating for safety. So let's talk about kind of, I know you mentioned a little bit like 2018, the wheels got turned with bow hunters United, but like, where are the roots of it? Where did it actually, like, stem from? I mean, was it one person's idea? Was it, like, something that kind of was birthed through some, like, ATA meetings? Or, like, where did it all kind of just, like, emerge out of? I think it came – I can't point to one thing or one person, one meeting, one event. I think it really came out of this constant chatter that we hear from the bow hunting community of, you know, we want to come to the show. And it was just kind of that milling around in the in the back of the mind of the ATA as a whole yeah. that that led us to say, okay, well, is there is there some way, you know, we we I promise you guys, we we probably think of we probably consider can can or should consumers come to the trade show every year or every other year at the very least. Uh, and there's you know there's a very as I've mentioned there's a very good business reason why the ATA has decided that that's that's not in the cards. Um, uh, but what it what it has done that kind of constant request has done is it made us think about what are we missing? What what can or should we be doing to help out consumers, buyers of bow hunting equipment, which is the bow hunting is a vast majority of the archery industry. How can we better help them? How can we how can we give them a resource, a community, a voice where they currently don't have one? And it was quite mm-hmm. frankly as simple as that. And you know, three years ago, almost three years ago, as we're starting to look at, you know, what are the what are the items that we should try and accomplish over the next five years? 
um, you know, we probably had a list of 50 or 60 things that got whittled down to 11 or 12, and this was one of them. Uh, and, and we never knew for certain that it was going to get to this point because we had to go through that process six or eight months later of saying, okay, let's go out and do a, do a big survey and find out if there's a need for this. And if there is a need, can we do it without, you know, upsetting literally everybody? Is there a space for us to plant this organization? Right. Because, I mean, there is some great organizations out there. Pope and Young, Boone and Crockett, SCI, yeah. it goes on and on. And I've been a member and a measure Pope and Young for, I think, 10 or 11 years now. And I love that. But my, my thing with with Pope and Young, I think it's great. I encourage everyone to join as a member, you know, enter you during the record 100%. book. Um, but the thing that what I've noticed, and I I think I have like sort of a marketing brain, um, they're just, they just seem kind of dated, and it might not appeal to newer hunters or younger younger people, I guess, um, that are getting into hunting. Where which I think everybody should be a member, and they're they're really strong on ethics, and that's probably where my backbone of ethics like probably stems from is like my involvement in being a measure and and Pope and Young and just the everything that I, I grew up and the people I grew up hunting with. But sure. um, I do think they could kind of appeal more to the newer hunters, the little younger crowd. Um, and yeah. that's what I see is going to benefit Bowhunters United. Not that you guys are going to take membership away from Pope and Young. I know that's not the goal. But if, no, there's so- no. if there's something out there to offer for a younger hunter or just a newer hunter in general that – speaks to them a little more directly mm-hmm. you know it's a positive thing and then maybe maybe them joining Bowhunters united gets them in and sees some of these other organizations where they can get more involved in different directions and kind of just get their feet wet a little you know a little bit of everywhere especially somebody that wants to get into the industry it's not a bad idea to get involved in some of these organizations too Absolutely. so you guys don't need me on this you just said it better than i can <laughs> now nah, we're just a bunch of drunk <laughs> Illinois and Iowa boys. A bunch of hillbillies out we're here. We're just talking about our ass. <laughs> yeah, we make this up on the fly, man. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, it worked. But, no, that's awesome, man. And I, I love the ATA chat. You know, we've been going to ATA for a while. Um, we went through a, we went to ATA through a couple other brands, and then basically the podcast was like, oh, we're kind of legit now. So then we became members of ATA yep. and, um, you know, love it, love the show. I'm pretty bummed it's canceled this year because – it's great for us, you know, being in media. We get to to do our interviews and podcasts and stuff. We're, um, I'm sure you know Chase Ralston from Mobile Marketing. He's one of our really good friends, and um, absolutely, we we podcast there and with a lot of the Rubline clients and get to hang out in the Rubline Marketing Room a lot. And um, it's just a damn good time all around. Um, but you yeah, get to see everyone you haven't seen in a year, and yeah, yeah, it's a shit. lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. A Indeed, lot of, a lot of positive stuff going on. Oh, yeah, I think it was cool how you did mention about the consumers, but I think people don't realize you can't go there and just like buy. It's not like a Illinois Deer Classic or the Iowa Deer Classic. Like, well, and I want to say too, like people that are upset about it, like this is not just the archery industry. Like every, I'm in the racing industry for work, and like they have PRI, which is the same show. It's no yep. consumers. You got to buy tickets. You got to be a member. It's like every industry has these shows. We're not just everyone. Yeah. You could not open to the public. Right. But you're not going there to buy like <laughs> knives as a consumer right, and then right, like right. buying like the next, you know, whatever. Um, wow. I don't know why that came through. But yeah, like it's a. Uh, it's just different. It's not a con- regular consumer show. So, right. I mean, you, you basically would just be walking around unless you're a member and have like, you're a buyer of some sort or something like that. Or so. you own an archery shop or something of that nature. And there, and you know, we heard, I heard from a lot of our, our 
manufacturing members, the exhibitors at the show, uh, say the same kind of thing. One of one of them put it to me really bluntly. I think we were in a board meeting talking about this, and he actually he started laughing, and we all kind of stopped and looked at him. He said, "Do you guys have any idea how many consumer shows I go to?" And there was some nodding around the room of the manufacturing members, and he said, "I go to 42 consumer shows every year. <laughs> Crazy. So it's not like it's not like the bow hunter can't come out and see my product. They can." Yeah, um, that's a good point. Now it's not, maybe it's not, maybe you don't get all of them, you know, and, and maybe it's not a product launch, but the reality is it's, you know, not everybody's launching product at, at the ATA show either. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, yes, it's a necessary business environment. It's true. It's, you know, the, everybody talks about the consumer electronics show as, as kind of the holy grail of trade shows. If you're not a member of the CEA, you're not going to CES. It's the same thing there as well. <laughs> right, right. Every industry has a show like this. Yeah. Well, yeah. Matt, I'm curious. So I want to ask you something, and you can tell me to kick rocks if you want. So <laughs> kick rocks. Do it. Do it. Do <laughs> kick, it. Yeah. Right oh, kick. that was fast. Just kick rocks, all right, man? Close this out. I'm bored. Click. <laughs> he hangs up. I'd be like, wow, don't blame him. Maybe we'll see him at ATA next year. <laughs> <time." laughs> um, so, you know, you said you're a newer bow hunter. Um, you work s- super direct in the industry. What is your favorite thing about this industry, and what is your least favorite thing? Oof, putting you on the spot here. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've been asked that that way. Uh, <laughs> He's like, "Ew, pull my shirt collar." <laughs> no, I, I love it. Um, I love it, and I'm in. And you'll get an answer from me. Uh, I can't give you one favorite thing. I think several of the favorites are. I mean, I'm a. I'm a geek of the highest order. I was, I was a, I was in a technical, I was in the audiovisual business uh, in trade shows prior to this, and I was a sound guy working for rock and country bands prior to that. So I'm a kind of a gear geek. So um, you're judging so, us on all our recording equipment right now. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I would, I'm, I'm, I've been out of it for 20 years, so I don't good do thing, that anymore. Good thing he's not in the studio. He'd be like, geez. Yeah, he was right. This? He was oh, running right. things on Windows 98. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be uncabling and recabling and dressing everything up. I've, I, I swear to you. Uh, no, I, I, so the, the gear thing and the new gear thing for me within the archery industry and being able to see that as it comes out throughout the year is just fascinating to me. Uh, you know, when my daughter first started getting into target shooting, um, we were fortunate to have an outstanding pro shop near us in Texas who a got us interested and then B, you know, we're great technicians, but then, you know, it quickly gets to the point. If you're a target shooter or if you're, I think if you've been bow hunting for a long time, there are all these little quirks about how you tune your gear. And so you want to become that technician. And I was able to do that for her equipment and then mine. And, and that piece of it, that technical piece that geek part of it, the new gear part of it is just super fascinating to me. Uh, and not to rank anything. It's, this isn't second on the list, but it's amazing to me, the community of this industry and the people in this industry. And you guys alluded to it before. I, I can't remember if it was Kirsch, Doug or Eric said, you know, you get to see people that you haven't seen in a year when you come to the show. That's probably one of the more disappointing aspects of not being able to get together in Indian 21 is just to see, I mean, you could stand anywhere in that building and just watch people see each other for the first time in a year and how supportive the industry is. And I think it's, it's as true in bow hunting. I saw it first, of course, because our, my archery life started in target shooting, but it was the first individual sport that I ever saw where 
competitors genuinely wanted to see the other one do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course you want to win. And of course you're disappointed mm-hmm. if you don't yeah. shoot all that well. But by and large, like 95% of the target shooters out there really want to see you succeed. And there's nothing better than standing on that target. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Standing on that target line and seeing somebody shoot a PR is just amazing. I mean, there's nothing like it. And it's and it's the same same as true in bow hunting. You know, you ask me to tell the story of my first buck. I can I can rewind a year and tell you with vivid clarity exactly what happened. You guys can all do that for 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 deer that you've shot going back however long. And people love to tell the story. And it's not so much, you know, this contest of who did better. It's just it's just to come back and have that emotional outlet and feedback and community that's just incredible. I mean, those uh, two completely opposite ends of the spectrum. But the gear stuff and the and the people part of it are, are just just blow me away every time. I love that answer because. It's the camaraderie and the hunting. Yeah, I don't agree with it 100%. Yeah, well, the camaraderie of the hunting community is so strong. And I seriously, I've, we've said it a thousand times on this podcast, some of the best people I think in the world are hunters. And there's Absolutely. something about yeah. your hunting friends or your like outdoor recreational buddies, whether, you know, even if you're hiking, I'm sure that's probably the same thing, but definitely not as cool as hunters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, no, no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, that's why we've done this podcast the way we have, because we get to connect with people and have that camaraderie and then hopefully turn this into a career where we're doing that for a living is the goal, right? Like, and we're having fun and um, we basically get to live that once, two times, three times a week. Um, for w- this project we're working on. So, you know, well, I, I love that answer. It's like, yeah, it's like Matt said, like other hunters want to see you succeed. Like, yeah. you know, they want to see you shoot that big buck. Yeah. I don't want to congratulate you. Be with you. That's Absolutely. the thing. Like Eric shoots a big buck. Doug shoots a big buck. I'm like, dude, yes. You need help yeah. tracking it. Let's go, yeah, man. Let's like, that's the right fun. I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah. It's so, yeah, that is true. It's, it's, it's part of it. And you know, it's, yeah, you want to – I don't want to – hunting is different than target archery, right? Like I don't want to be yeah. like, I'm going to kill a bigger buck and I hope you don't kill, you know. But, <laughs> but yeah, like you want to win in target archery, but, yeah, you you still want to see people do well. So oh, yeah. That's a good good point. So that's all great and fine, but let's talk about the negative. <laughs> if there is one, man, you don't got to put any – I'm sorry you broke up. Yeah, right. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, there's, yeah. there might not be a negative. Yeah, that's a piece fine. of tinfoil. No. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're breaking up. Yeah. No, you. I mean, you guys. You guys would know I'd be a liar if I said it was all sunshine and roses, right? I mean, it's nothing is perfect. No job is perfect. No industry is perfect. No experience is perfect. There's always something that you that you wish was different or better. Um, and you're not going to call me a liar because I'll give you an answer on this one as well. And it, and it of you know it's 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 that same thing that old saw that's true about life in general. You know, your greatest strength is also your greatest weakness. If the greatest strength is the camaraderie and the community, I think that's also our greatest weakness in the sense that uh, we tend, while we want to see others do well, I think as a community, we tend to be a little protective, maybe too protective of the sport. Um, it can be hard to, to invite new folks in. Um, because you know, boy, now you're hunting on my land or now you're going after that buck that I've been, that I've been going after. Uh, um, and that I've seen that in the business side of it too, around the trade show. It's, you know, we talk about the folks who were unhappy with changes to the show, uh, the buyer day, uh, you know, 10 months ago, that wasn't 
January 20 was not the first change we made to the show. You know, we made significant changes to the show the year prior. We had, we had a lot of significant changes to the show planned for this year. We know what, we know some of, some of the significant changes that we're going to try and implement in 22 that would go beyond what we were doing in 21. There's some, there's some pretty big pushback there. There are some folks who would really like to see ATA as an organization, ATA the trade show never change. And I, and I, and I hope that we can try and prevent some of that in Bowhunters United. If we build the organization the right way, if we if we get the feedback in the right way, um, you know, if you're not if you're not changing, you're dying. My my favorite quote is from a retired general: uh, "If you don't like change, you're going to like your relevance even less." Um, we're going to have to change. You know, we've yeah. got to continue evolving. And there's oftentimes there's a roadblock that gets put up there. Fortunately. I think the leadership of the ATA and therefore, you know, the, the beginning, the nuts and bolts of, of the build out for, for BU, um, is, is willing to advocate for some of that change and, and experience yeah. some of that change and, and try and force it in some ways. I love that, man. That's the best negative answer I've ever heard. Honestly, <laughs> very, like, that was very well said. But that's a good point too. And here, here's, I'll tell you from like our listening base is like true blue collar. Just real people, right? Like probably a lot of the people that don't get to go to ATA. And, and that's why I kind of, we talked, touched on some of those topics a little yep. bit about the show and stuff like that. And I'll tell you, and I can already tell, I'm, I'm already know I'm going to get messages about this. So I'm going to relate it to you. And I don't mean to come off negative in any way, shape or form towards, uh, Bow Hunters United, but this will be a concern with the r- real people that are going to sign up for membership. And I think, with the internet and especially Instagram and now TikTok's involved in this and what some people see on the outside of ATA, um, as just far as like social media is concerned, they don't, they might not yep. know what, what's legitimately happening there. Um, they see the flood of the Instagram, late night Instagram posts and all this stuff of like the, I feel like people that are, I guess for a lack of a better term, biting off hunting culture for, um, social media clout or presence. Um, I think the concern would be that they don't want to see ATA or Bowhunters United have people that are not in it for the right reasons or not actually into it because they're passionate about it represent it. And I think that right there is like a hard line to ride. Um, And that's that's a concern I have a little bit with it. Um, And I know a lot of people are going to be concerned. Like have the people that are in it for the good of the sport and the ethics and true conservation for the right and reasons. not just people that aren't really living it. They're just doing it to get social media recognition or brand deals or whatever. Um, if that makes any sense at all, I, I'm, I think it does, but I think it, I think it does. And, and the only thing that I can, I mean, it's too new for me to say, yes, that's going to happen or no, it's not. We're just getting the thing off the ground. What I can commit to you is that, hundred percent this thing was started for the right reasons in the right way. Uh, and, and, and it's, it really is an opportunity for industry to give back to both and, and let the right, uh, and, and run it and govern it and do all of that. Um, it, it that's, we, but we need to get to that point. There, there are going to be challenges. Of We're going to make some mistakes, yeah. period. Of course, you know, it's not going to be perfect. Growing pains. Uh, it's normal. Yeah, of course. 
you know, any any new effort is. But but as it has been the case with with every big project, the ATA has taken on it. And I can only speak for the last few years that I've been here. You know, it, it's do the research, make sure that we can do it in the right way. And then and then don't don't babysit it. Don't don't commit to to being 100 percent of the support structure for that project forever. Um, because then you haven't started anything. All you've done is, is, is you've kind of created this addict and you've got to keep feeding it the whole time. <laughs> right, right. The goal is let's build it up. Let's build it up gradually. We don't, we, uh, if it exploded, that might be a good problem to have, but that's not what we want. We want to build it in the right way so that we can, that we can, you know, to your point, make sure that it's, it's a great organization that supports bow hunters and bow hunting, you know, long into the future. Right. Yep. For sure. That right there is, I think, is going to clear up a lot. Yeah. Um, and you know, that being said, with this being so new and having this conversation pretty much right out of the gate with Bowhunters United, like I'm sure, you know, one, I know we are more than willing to help in any way we can, or if we have a connection that we can help out in this industry, or if we know someone that has any influence in any way that we feel like is the right direction for it. And I'm sure our listeners would love to help mold and shape this as it grows in any way um if there's anything we can do to relay to our community you know we're more than willing to do it if it's going to help bow hunters so well and i think especially with the community of you you know even the word influencer has kind of got a a bad connotation to it these days but with the community of folks who who have been involved in this thing you know i'm not sure when allison reached out to y'all maybe it was in august um when she started reaching out to folks to say hey would you be interested in helping us get get this thing, get the word out on this thing. Um, the, if you take a cue from how the ATA has behaved with media, especially in the last year or two, and, and really working to get input and get feedback and, and get that, that community of a very specific, uh, uh, that, that media influence that we can get very specific feedback from, We've tried to do a really good job of that, and and if you take a cue from what ATA has done, I think you can expect that that's what we'll we'll ask of BU here in the coming months is try and get that feedback loop going. Not not only from both. Love love uh, living in the country. There it is. Who are, oh, you're back. Sorry, know. man. We lost you for like three seconds there. <laughs> well, I don't, so I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if that's, you know, that's you guys. And if you refer to, to competitors or, or other, other podcasts, other folks who have influence in the space, other bow hunters who, who made a big name for themselves, who are helping us out. Yeah. I think, I think getting that group together and talking it through and getting feedback that way will be really beneficial to us. Yeah. Absolutely, oh, man. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad we're able to do this podcast while it's so new, pretty much right out of the gate. Um, especially during season, everybody's jacked up. You know, everyone's tuned yep. into the podcast finally. You know, instead of ten listeners we normally have in the summer, we got twenty now, <laughs> so that's good. Perfect. Um, so yeah, twenty people know about it. Uh, now I'm, I'm obviously kidding, but um, no, it's great, man. I appreciate you coming on and, and BSing with us and telling us all about it. Um, is there anything that we didn't hit about Bowhunters United that people should know, or is it just that's what it is, and we're going to mold it together and, and grow it as a community? Yeah, no, I think we probably hit more than than maybe I even hoped to hit. I think this this is good. It's a it's a great overview to start. Again, it's a very young organization. United.com and and up, and then start giving us the feedback. 
Very cool. Absolutely. And then any every link from everything you guys need is, you know, of course, always in the episode description. Yeah. So you can go there, click through, and, and, and check everything out. But, no, man, I love it. And I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. It's unfortunate we can't this year. Um, I think we got to do an in-person podcast because uh, Absolutely. I, you sound like yeah, our this type year of person. This year, I think it would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> Then I've got you fooled, and let's do it. Let's do it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You're watching. You're doing a great six, job. Six. Yeah, watching six six. His mic mic stands way too low. <laughs> Good thing we got headsets though. No, I appreciate the heck out of you guys having me on. Can't wait to do it in person for sure. We'll do it uh, when we can do it, and and just really appreciate your time and your advocacy for for this new organization. Yeah, of course, man. Glad to be a part. And you know, if we can do anything to help, just let us yep. know, or if we got to reach out to the listeners. I'm sure they'll be uh, more than bluntly honest with what they think needs to happen. <laughs> they'll that's, let you know for that's sure. That's kind of our crew, you know. Good. We mess up, that's they the let hope. us know about it, or if you know, they, they're uh, they're pretty awesome. We got a pretty good group of listeners, so um, let's hear it. But so, all right, man, we appreciate it, and I'm going to close it out with how I always close it out. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. I'm Will Cooper, host of Huntstand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.